Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 395. The voice of Johnson County. Joko Community Radio. Welcome to the Her Show, Home Experience Radio, with your host, Trina Titus Lozano. This is a live call-in show that takes your calls and questions about marriage, family, and personal relationships. She's a licensed and ordained pastoral counselor, author, international conference speaker, wife, mom, and grandmother. She's been counseling and teaching vital relationship skills for over 30 years. Trina is real and relational and reveals strong truths spoken in tough love and common sense. Join us on the studio line now at 817-637-2585. And now, here's Trina. Hello, everybody. We are talking about you today. Your life, your love, and other mysteries. Life is mysterious sometimes, isn't it? We just never know what's going to happen. And it's been a great week, and I hope that you all have had a great week, and it's a pleasure to be here with you today, as always, every Monday afternoon on Joko Community Radio. I am Trina Titus Lozano, pastoral counselor and licensed and ordained Christian minister, and I am taking your questions today. So call me, 817-637-2585, and there's no topic that uh, is is some, anything I'm afraid of. We can talk about everything. So nothing is off limits today. Just call with your questions and I'll be happy to help as always. Well, yesterday was a big deal and some of you may not be aware of that. You know that Christmas is a big deal and Easter is a big deal, but you might not know that Pentecost Sunday is a very big deal. So whether you are religious or not, you have heard about the Trinity, and I bet you know what the Trinity is, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And so this is a this is a term that we use in Christianity and Catholicism. And whether you're a Christian or not, or a Catholic or not, or a Protestant or anything like that, you know the Trinity. You've heard about the Trinity. You've heard about the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And uh, I want to talk about the Holy Spirit because, as Pastor Robert Morris says, uh, it's the God I never knew. And a lot of people don't really understand the Holy Spirit, but Pentecost Sunday, Pentecost means 50. And so 50 days after the resurrection was Pentecost Sunday. And so Jesus returned after the resurrection, which you may not be aware of, but you can go to the Gospels and read all about that. That is in your Bible in the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And you will read about that after the resurrection, Jesus returned for 40 days. And he was walking and talking with his friends and family, and he was just hanging out, frying fish and doing all kinds of fun things during those 40 days. But it was a true miracle because everybody witnessed the crucifixion. 
And then when the resurrection happened and then Jesus went to sit at the right hand of the Father, nobody expected that they would ever see him again. And then he returned. And for 40 days, he was with them again. And he was in his resurrected form, but they could see him and they knew them and they talked with him. But he said, I, I can't stay. I've got to go away because there was a plan. The Father had a plan. And I know this comes under the category of other mysteries today. You you don't know about this. This is mysterious to you. And so I want you to wrap your head around this a little bit because this is a critical portion of the Bible that if you misunderstand, you're missing out. You're really missing out. And uh, Pentecost means Fifty. So yesterday was Pentecost Sunday, Pentecost Sunday. So that's why I wanted to talk to you about this today and just put a little bug in your ear so that you could research more. But in Acts chapter two is when the disciples encountered the Holy Spirit for the first time. They were in the upper room and Jesus told them, when I go to the Father, I will leave the Holy Spirit with you. The Holy Spirit will stay here with you. And the Holy Spirit introduced himself to the disciples on Pentecost. And this was in the upper room and they experienced, they had an experience with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the invisible God. Okay. Now the father, nobody has seen the father. Okay. Jesus, we saw Jesus when he was here on earth, born in a manger, and then everybody saw Jesus while he was living on the earth. Um, And then after the crucifixion and then the resurrection, and even after that, they saw him for 40 days. But the Holy Spirit is invisible. The Holy Spirit is, is a presence that we can feel, that we sense, that we know, similar to the wind. You know that it's there. You know which way it's moving. You can feel it, but you can't see it. Same, same with the, the Holy Spirit. And and even even like heat, you can feel the heat. You know that it's there. Sometimes you can't see it. But they saw the heat. They saw flames of fire and tongues of fire uh, in the upper room that night. But it was a different kind of fire than they had ever seen before. And it was the power of the Holy Spirit. So Acts chapter 2, this is a mystery that you may not know anything about, but I just want to let you know. This is what we celebrated yesterday. God is all about celebrations, okay? He is all about a tradition, and he has perfect timing for everything. And I just don't want to, I don't want to be ignorant of what is happening in the spiritual realm. And so what is happening is very significant. And if you don't know anything about the Holy Spirit, I want you to know this is part of the Godhead. This is the Trinity. This is the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. And you need to think of the Holy Spirit as a person, as a person, but a spirit. So an invisible person, that is truly the very best way to think about the Holy Spirit. And since this was Pentecost Sunday yesterday, I just wanted to acknowledge that that is, um, that that was a thing yesterday. So I'm taking your calls today to talk about life, love, and other mysteries, whatever it is that you want to talk about. Give me a call here on the Her Show, 817-637-2585. Hello, welcome to the Her Show. Hi, Trina. This is Shelly Hendricks Pearson. How are you? Hi, Shelly. Great. How can I help you today? Good. I, I love that you're talking about Sabbat Shalom. So yesterday in church, we were talking about the Pentecost, and 
I just happened to hop on because I'm actually doing a show tonight at 6, and I thought, you know, let me see what's going on today. And I'm so glad the Spirit led me to come on and listen to you. And I was going to ask you, what do you and your family, and if you already said it, I'm sorry. That's okay. But do you and your family do any spe- anything special? And if so, what do you all do? Because I was very interested at the message we got at church yesterday at Open Door and how they, uh, one of the guest speakers there, how him and his family celebrated. So is there do you practice it? Well, I'll tell you what um, we do. Shalom, we al- we always we always acknowledge that this is that this is the this is the time to bring a first fruits offering, and so this this is where we will bring a first fruits offering to the Lord and to give a special offering. But here's the thing: is all my children are grown now, okay, and they have families of their own. But we always recognize that this is a very special time of the Holy Spirit, and even more importantly mm-hmm. than just recognizing that this day is Shabbat Shalom. This is an important day, uh, historically, the day of recognizing that the power of the Holy Spirit came to the earth on this day. So we recognize it. And you know, I think think the most important thing that we did is we taught our children who the Holy Spirit was, that the Holy Spirit was part of the Trinity. The Holy Spirit is what you feel. Of course, we we think about that Jesus is in our hearts, okay? But the truth is, the Holy Spirit is, really, is what is living inside of us because Jesus is sitting at the right hand of the Father now. So, so this is the part of the Godhead that is with us. So what we do as a family, traditionally, is we attend church, we take a special first fruits offering, and we talk about the Holy Spirit. But this is something that we carry with us and that we do all day every day because that's the thing the holy spirit is the part of the godhead that is with us now he's the part of the godhead that that is that is living with us existing with us that that we sense inside of us that we feel guiding leading directing us this is the holy spirit that we want to um, empower us and so so this is something that we're teaching our kids and i hope that you are too but in the way of a tradition the tradition is a special first fruits offering how about you Yes, that's what he was saying, and I told the family after church yesterday, I was like, oh my goodness, I was like, we're doing this on Friday night, what we're going to do is we're basically just going to open up our ta- our home, you know, family, if you look up family, the real definition is table, it's not like people or blood, you know, it's table, it's who you bring to the table, and I think it's great opportunity, or not great opportunity, but great uh, practice in our family and opportunity to teach our children how important it is to have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. Like, I know, I jokingly always say, I know that my guardian angel probably has their head in, you know, my hands and or their hands and probably shaking their head at me sometimes, some <laughs> of the things that comes out of my mouth. But <laughs> I think it's important to show our kids. Um, That's right. That to set a time, how important it is to have a relationship with God and set a time aside. You know, rather you'd be on the Friday nights like the the other person that was speaking. I'm so bad for forgetting his name, but you know they light the candles. They, like you said, um, they do the bread and the wine, and they do like a special kind of bread they make. His wife makes it, and yeah. it's like a braid of three, right? Honestly, that's for the Trinity. wonderful. Yeah, and that's yes, like this Jewish and tradition. Break like that, and strangers from the street, kids, friends, whoever wants to come is welcome. And it's just a time to manifest God's presence. And just thank him and just rest in peace and cease and be still. And I love it. I love it. And and to take so that even even a little message. bit further that might be in a more practical realm, yes, we we 
come around the table and eat dinner together at the table. And that's a big part of what my mom, Debbie Titus, and I talk about is the table experience. But eating a meal and preparing a meal. And I love that you were saying that there was a, the special braided bread representing the, the Trinity. And so you can even represent the Trinity from with an egg where you've got the, the outer shell, the egg white and the egg yolk, you know, where there's a three in one. But any of these kinds of things that represents uh, the three in one is a beautiful thing. Even water comes in three forms. You've got the running water, you've got the ice, and then you have the steam, you know, and that that's different things that can help represent that the Trinity is a three in one. Everything can turn into a life lesson, but doing that at the table. And you know what? The last supper, here's what Jesus did. He took the bread and he took the cup and he said, as often as you do this, do it in remembrance of me. And what was he talking about? He's talking about as often as you have a meal together at your table, remember me. And yeah. so this is a tradition, family meals around the table, but especially on these very special occasions. So thank you for calling. And I'm so glad that you recognized that yesterday was Pentecost Sunday. And I just want you to be excited that the Holy Spirit is with you today and tomorrow. And so that's a neat thing to just recognize it, that we are just, just going to oh. be led by the Spirit every day, right? Yes, thank you so much. Bless you, bless you, and stay prayed up. We oh, appreciate thank you. Thank you so much for calling. You too. God bless. Bye-bye. All right, God bless. Bye-bye. Oh, that's exciting. That is such a great call. I think a lot of people were, were inspired yesterday, and I tell you, there's so many churches all over the world that talked a lot about Pentecost Sunday yesterday. So I want to direct the listeners to Acts chapter 2. And if you have a question about this, or if you just have a question about anything in your life, feel free to call because today is about me answering your questions or just taking your comments. So 817-637-2585. Okay, so here we have it. Um, Acts chapter 2, on the day of Pentecost, okay, so that means 50 days on the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting to gather in one place. And you know, y'all, it is time to meet together. It is time. We have to come together. You know, it's not, it's not, it's not okay to be going everywhere else but church. You know, here we are. It is COVID, and uh, we've been we've been not meeting in church buildings for the past year. But it is time, people. It is time. Come together. Come together. Come together. Come together. We need to gather with believers. We need to gather with our families, with our friends. We need to gather in the house of the Lord. So come to the church. Come to come to your gathering place and. Uh, it's just, it's just, it is part of a tradition that really, really matters. So even though there's COVID, listen, it is time to gather again. It is time to get back in church. In fact, if you've let this habit kind of go by the wayside, be sure to get it back. You know, I want you to come back and get your family back in church because this is critical. They need to go to church. You need to go to church. And that's not just something I want you to do on a special occasion. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? 
No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Like Pentecost Sunday, but every Sunday or Saturday, if you are if you are of the faith that wants to celebrate the Sabbath on the Saturday, go for it. Just once a week, go to church. On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Verse 2, suddenly there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty wind, and it filled the house where they were sitting. So literally, this wind, this, this wind blew through the house, but it was more than a wind. It was the presence of God. The presence of God, the Holy Spirit, filled this upper room. And they they had an experience like never before. They had an experience that was unlike anything they had ever experienced before. And it was a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful thing for them. And uh, so we want to take part of that because that wasn't just for then. That's for now too. This is, this is for all of time. So suddenly... There was a sound from heaven, like the roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them, and everyone was present and filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them ability. Okay, so I think I've got another call here, and um, let's see if I can pick it up. Okay, did that work? Um, hello, are you on the air? Okay, let's see here. Hey, Tiff, can you help me answer the phone? <laughs> I'm going to get this, but keep call. I do want you to call in because I want to be able to answer your questions today. So I appreciate it. I missed the call, but call right back. Call right back. I want to I get you on the air. Um, talking about Pentecost Sunday and talking about your life and your love and your family and other mysteries and whatever y'all want to talk about today. So we're going to make sure we pick up the phone today. Sorry, I missed that call. But call right back. We're going to try, try again to get the calls today. So anyway, everyone was present and everyone that was present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages. Now, here's the interesting thing. When it was back at the beginning of Genesis, everybody spoke one language. So there was this, there was this unity in the earth because everybody talked the same language. Then when it came the time for the Tower of Babel, their languages got separated. And God, in his sovereign way, he just separated the languages. And so there were many, many, many different languages. So at the time of the upper room, uh, all these people were speaking in different languages, and they had no idea of what was happening. But what was happening was they were speaking in the tongues that other people knew from other nations, from other countries. And my grandma was telling me a story about how when my other grandma, yes, this is this is my family, one grandma's telling the other grandma. And when one grandma was telling the other grandma, uh, about about what was happening here and about her having languages that were 
languages that she never said before. I only speak English, you know, the American way. All I can do is speak English, which is terrible. I wanted to learn other languages. Um, But anyway, my grandma was telling me last night, talking about Pentecost Sunday, that she was in a service when my grandma Titus was preaching. And as my grandma Titus was preaching, she she said that she had a word in another language. Now, this was not a language that she knew with her head, but her spirit, the Holy Spirit, was speaking inside of her another language. And when she spoke this language, it was Romanian. And there was a couple that came from the back of the church, came down to the altar, and just began weeping because she had told them exactly what they needed to know and needed to hear from God, and she spoke in their language. And this is literally what happened here in the upper room when the, when the Holy Spirit came. He, he allowed another tongue to flow through the disciples in a language that they didn't even know with their brain, but their spirit knew. And then and then the people heard them and they said, oh my goodness, they're speaking in a language that we can understand. So God used this, this heavenly language of tongues from the Holy Spirit to bring unity. And it's a phenomenal thing to just experience. And I love that my grandma told me that story about my other grandma last night. It was just very fitting. So if you have a question, call today. I would love to answer your question. 817-637-25. 85. And I think I have a caller on the line right now. Welcome to the Her Show. How can I help you? Hi, I was just calling in. I had a question. It actually is in kind of regards to Pentecost Sunday, which was yesterday. Um, and just, I guess, how can you advise when there is disagreement and disunity between a husband and a wife? on what type of church to go to, how each one is led with the Holy Spirit. And um, really, I guess, when there's just there's just discord and discomfort um, coming from, really, a, a Pentecostal church that the wife feels led to go to, and husband has his preference with a different type of church, both Christian churches, um, but just kind of when, you know, when one person's feeling really strongly led, one way and the other the other person's not there um unity always comes first in marriage but i guess how would you advise trina for a couple that's just not in agreement on the type of church to go to together and how to lead their family in that you know that is a great question because because part of the experience of going to church together as a family is doing it together as a family. <laughs> and so, yes. of course, you and your husband are going to have different opinions. You're going to have different preferences. I mean, it's convenient if you have the same preference or a similar preference as far as church goes, but it's actually very common to not have the same preference. And as we're talking about Pentecost Sunday, you know, you do have people that might go prefer a more Pentecostal type of church or a church that more welcomes an expression of the power of the Holy Spirit. And then other churches who who all would still acknowledge the Holy Spirit as part of the Trinity, but, but not necessarily really talk to the Holy Spirit or, or speak in tongues or um, even prophesy or things like this, the gifts of the Spirit that the Bible is talking about. So what I want to guide us to in your question is to go to the fruits of the Spirit. So the fruits of the Spirit are, because we're talking about the Holy Spirit here, are love, uh-huh. joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. So 
So keeping in mind the fruits of the Spirit, okay, as you're talking to your husband and telling him the church that you prefer, if you do it with the fruits of the Spirit working and operating through you, there's going to be a better chance that at some point you guys will be able to come into an agreement and he'll be able to hear your perspective better. If you're talking to him through through the lens of love and, and joy and peace and patience, and I think patience is a real big thing here because oftentimes it takes a while for someone to change. And if you prefer a church that is more expressive, for instance, than he does, for him to change and for him to even want something like that, or for you to change and for you to want a preference more like he does, it's just going to take some time and some patience. You know, I think that's the thing mm-hmm. is we we want to do what we, we, I want what I want and I want it now kind of thing. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, yeah. we don't want to waste any time. But here's what I think a rule of thumb is. Now, I don't know that your husband would agree to this, but it could be a suggestion. But with any church, and I think it is so important for people to gather together, and I have missed going to church over this past year. Haven't you missed that? Yes, yes, for sure. We really missed it. So, um, but now that that COVID has um, not not stopped us from going to church anymore, at least in Texas. Texas is open. In fact, most of most of the United States is open now where we can attend church again. And I just love it. But here's the thing. With any church, you're going to have some Sundays that are just off. And then you'll have other Sundays that are just different, like they have a guest speaker or they have a baby dedication or they have something different. So I always say that a rule of thumb is to go for 12 weeks for three mm-hmm. months, every single Sunday for three months yeah. and get a good feel for what the church is and then try another church for three months. And, you know, if it's if it's half and half, one person won't necessarily feel like, oh, well, I tried your church this week. Now let's try my church next week. You know, that feels a little too much like tit for tat. But if you if you really mm-hmm. give a church a good three-month try. And after three months, it's like, "Mm, you know, can we try this church? And, and, and then it's not so it doesn't feel so um, off with the kids too. you know, they can be more used to going one to one for three months. But the reason why I like this three month rule of thumb is because it gives you a better idea of what the church typically would be like, if you go consistently every week for 12 weeks in a row. And I would plan it. I would plan with your husband and just say, hey, look, can, can we commit? I'll, I'll commit to the your preference for 12 weeks. Let's commit every single Sunday for 12 weeks. And then would you, would you give me a turn for 12 weeks? And if he's a reasonable man, and I'm guessing that he is, that, that he's, he's going to think that that sounds reasonable. And then after that, let's come up with a conversation. And I think to have a family meeting, not that the children are making the final decision, but I, I mean, you guys are going together to the church as a family. And I think that they do need to be considered. There was one time that uh, my husband and I, we had a particular church preference, but they did not have a youth group that our kids connected with. And then our kids connected mm-hmm. to a different youth group. So we we just started going to the church that they really connected with because it was 
because it was for their sake, it was more beneficial. Uh, but we, what we did many times is we would go to one church Saturday night and the next church Sunday morning. And I remember when I was a little girl, there was a real revival in Washington State. And um, my parents were were pastoring a church that was more Pentecostal than a lot of the other ones, but there was a move of the Holy Spirit there, and so they were pastoring this church. We had Catholics that came to the church. We had Presbyterians that came to the church, and they would go to their church um, for one service Sunday morning, then they would come to our church on Sunday night because they wanted to experience more of the power of the Holy Spirit. So, um, you know, that's a possibility too. It just depends on, you know, how you guys decide to make a, a compromise. But I like your comment at the beginning is, yes, unity is the most important thing and um and operating in the fruits of the spirit is it does trump uh your preference okay so um i hope that those tips just kind of help you and maybe there's a practical solution there somewhere but keep communicating and don't forget to pray and ask god hey god where do you want us i'll be right back after the break thanks for calling thank you bye-bye bye-bye Why have thousands of aspiring authors teamed up with Christian Faith Publishing to publish their book? Because Christian Faith Publishing is an author-friendly publisher who understands that your labor is more than just a book. We provide authors freedom and flexibility throughout the publishing process, professional book editing, award-winning design, and some of the highest royalty structures in the publishing industry. And as always, you will retain 100% of the rights to your book. I was looking to find a company that I could trust, one that assisted in the editing process completely. The most important qualities that I was looking for was a publisher who is honest and upfront. No hidden costs or fees and owning the rights to my own work. Christian Faith Publishing will publish, market, and sell your books in all major bookstores, online booksellers, as well as specialty Christian bookstores. Call for your free author submission kit. 800-978-4812 800-978-4812 That's 800-978-4812 out of date carpet giving you the blues? Tired of your old dingy and broken tile? Let my friends at the Floor Store in Cleburne, Texas give your home the makeover it deserves. This is old Taco Joe coming to you for the Floor Store. Whether it's carpet, tile, wood flooring, or real wood laminate, the Floor Store can cover all of your flooring needs. Located at 405 West Henderson Street in Cleburne, Texas, owner Brent Harris can help. Shower tile, tub surrounds, even backsplashes. Give them a call today at 817-641-9444. The Floor Store, they've got you covered. When you're hungry for tender brisket or some delicious homemade cobbler, then look no further than Leach Brothers Barbecue, located at 1106 East Henderson, Cleveland, Texas. Leach Brothers has been family-owned and operated since 1950. Take it from me, Taco Joe Orwinski. Todd and his family have been filling my belly breakfast, lunch, and dinner for a long time. Heck, I even have my own booth. Open Monday through Saturday, 6 a.m. to 7 p.m. Come see them for dine-in, carry-out, and all. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. 
Sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All your catering needs. You're listening to JoCo Community Radio. Welcome back to the Her Show. This is Trina, and I'm here to help you today. I'm taking your calls. We are talking about life, love, and other mysteries, and yesterday was Pentecost Sunday. So I just didn't want to ignore this. This is a huge deal. This is a big day that's a holiday in the sense of that it's a holy day, which is where we get the word holiday. This is a very holy day. This is a celebration of 50 days. That's what Pentecost means. Pent, you know. Pent five and um, yeah, it's 50, stands for 50. Pentecost means 50. And so it's 50 days after the resurrection. And what happened was exactly what Jesus told them would happen that he would go to the right hand of the Father and the Holy Spirit would come. See, here's the thing about the Trinity. Uh, they're very polite. They're taking turns, okay? <laughs> the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So the Son, he he created everything because it was the Father's divine uh divine movement and the whole trinity's divine movement in creation and then the word and jesus is the word and the word is jesus and jesus spoke the word and everything was created and then jesus walked in the garden with adam and eve and then fast forward jesus was born in a manger to Mary and Joseph. And this was God's divine plan, this divine plan. And then he was crucified and then he resurrected. And now he's sitting at the right hand of the father. So Jesus had a turn to be here on the earth, this earth that he created. Uh, so he had a turn here to be here with the, with the people that he created in his own image. Now is the Holy Spirit's turn. So Jesus and the Father are in heaven right now. There's the Father and Jesus sitting on his right hand. Uh, my grandma held up her right hand and she's like, Jesus is sitting on his Father's hand. <laughs> it's kind of a funny visual if you think about uh that. But yeah, Jesus is sitting right there at, at the Father, on the right side of the Father, and he is interceding on your behalf and mine. He is our advocate. He is praying day and night, day and night, where the enemy is our accuser. Jesus is our advocate. And the Holy Spirit came on Pentecost Sunday. So right now it is the turn for the Holy Spirit to be here with us. Okay, it's the Holy Spirit's turn to be on earth with us. And so this is where we feel the presence of God, when we sense the presence of God. And if you've ever experienced the move of the Holy Spirit, if you've ever experienced the presence of God, it is earth shattering. It is life-changing. It is a feeling deep down in your soul that you will never forget. You will be so moved to the core of your soul when you experience the Holy Spirit. And this is what happened to the disciples on Pentecost, at Pentecost, in the upper room. 
they had a move of the Holy Spirit, and they spoke in different languages. And at the time, this is Acts chapter 2, verse 5, there were devout Jews from every nation living in Jerusalem. And when they heard the loud noise, everyone came running. And they were bewildered because they heard their own languages being spoken by the disciples, by the believers. I mean, that would just be the most crazy thing that they recognized their own language. They were not expecting that. So they said, how can this be? And they exclaimed, these these people are all from Galilee, yet we hear them speaking in our own native tongue. You know, the, the, the power of the Holy Spirit, it brings unity, doesn't it? It brings unity where otherwise there's division, where at Tower of Babel, different languages brought division. Now they were speaking a heavenly language and they were unified. And that was so beautiful. And that's just so much of God's plan that there would be unity in these languages. Um, But it was a beautiful thing. And then Peter stepped forward and boy, he started to preach. And it was different than it had ever been before. And people were listening up. And he said in verse 17, in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. And those days I will pour out my spirit, even on my servants, men and women alike. They will prophesy and I will cause wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and clouds of smoke. The sun will become dark. The moon will become blood red. Y'all, we've seen that, haven't we? We've seen the eclipse. We've seen the blood red moon. I even had a grandson be born when there was the blood red moon. And it's so amazing to see the things that were prophesied that we have witnessed and we have experienced. It's like, yeah, I I get it. I saw that. Um, And then it continues, before the great and glorious day of the Lord arrives. This is talking about the second coming. But everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And this is a day to celebrate because what happened that day is thousands of people called upon the name of the Lord when when Peter spoke these words and they were saved and they saw what the power of the Holy Spirit was like because they felt it, they experienced it. Now remember, the Holy Spirit is the invisible God. We can't see him, but man, we can hear his voice. And if if you remember, like in, in cartoons, um, I think it was the Flintstones when I first saw this when I was a little girl, there would be like a little angel in one ear and a little devil in the other ear. And, uh, and you know, sometimes... I sense this so tremendously in my own life, and I know you do too, because I'm just like you. You know, I'm just doing this life and living in this world, doing my best, but but sometimes the voice of God, which is the Holy Spirit, that's the voice I'm hearing, is so loud that it seems like it's audible. It seems like I'm hearing it with my with my ear, but I'm actually hearing it in my spirit, and Sometimes the voice of the the devil, this evil voice is in my head telling me things that are lies. And I recognize it as lies. And I think, what in the heck? Why am I thinking that? And you know what? That is a demonic spirit, which is just as real as the Holy Spirit. So be careful of what you're listening to. What are you listening to? Because these voices in your head, these are real spirits and it's invisible and you don't see it, but you can 
feel it, just like you feel the wind, just like you feel um, the, the direction that the wind is blowing. We want to feel and hear and experience the presence of God in our lives, and that comes from the power of the Holy Spirit. Uh, boy, it's a beautiful thing, and if you haven't really witnessed anything like what I'm talking about, just ask God. Just say, Holy Spirit, I want to know who you are. You know, I love the title of Pastor Robert Morris's book from Gateway Church in Southlake. It's called The God I Never Knew. And order it today. I highly recommended it. Uh, I highly recommend it. It is fantastic. And it will help you understand the God that you never knew. And this is the Holy Spirit. This is the Holy Spirit. And this is who inhabits the earth right now to all who recognize him, to all who know him, to all who believe. And um, it's a beautiful thing to to walk in the Spirit. I was talking about Galatians in that last call. And the fruit of the Spirit, this is what we all crave, y'all. And I was struggling with the diet back a few weeks ago, and I thought, you know what? I just need more of the Holy Spirit. I need more self-control because the Bible says that the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. You need that in your life, right? Patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. And I thought, you know what? I need self-control. That's what I'm missing. I need more self-control, and my willpower is letting me down. I need more of the Holy Spirit. So I just said, okay, Holy Spirit, come. The Holy Spirit, fill me. And I need more of the Holy Spirit because I want to live I want to live a life that is self-controlled. I don't want to be out of control with bad habits. I want to submit myself to the power of the Holy Spirit so that I can walk in these fruits. And this is one of the benefits of being a Christian is being able to hear the voice and and the voice of the Holy Spirit. And I was going through another struggle. This is another illustration of, of when I really felt like I heard the voice of God talk to me. And I... I was I had been rejected and the wounds were just so deep. And as I was praying, I I felt like I heard this voice that said, Trina, if you're afraid of rejection, I can't use you. And it was just loud and clear. And I thought, okay, God, you know what? I'm not gonna be afraid of rejection. I'm going to be strong and courageous. I'm going to be full of the Holy Spirit. And uh, it changed everything. It changed everything in my life that day. And this is what I want you to listen to. I want you to tune your ear. It's fine-tuned, kind of like you would tune into a radio station, you know. You want to get the dial just so just so perfect. You can tune into what the Holy Spirit is, is saying to you. So call today if you would like to. I would love to have a conversation with you on air, 817-637-2585. Hello, welcome to The Her Show. This is Trina. How can I help you? Hello, this is Scott calling, and I've been listening to you, Trina, and I've enjoyed listening to you talk about Pentecost Sunday here. This has been awesome. I, I think it's a, a special day, and I had an experience yesterday uh, in a church, and I just wanted your, your thoughts regarding uh, it. Okay. Well, I'm glad that you were in church yesterday on Pentecost Sunday. You know, I think too many people have really gotten out of the habit of going to church every week. And um, and I think it's wonderful. So so good for you. Glad you went to church yesterday. Well, you know, I, I this is in relationship to, I guess you could call it fear and, and uh, 
I don't know, a little bit of shame. And, and, and how as Christians, because I'm a Christian, and I love, I love Jesus, but I uh, have been through just some stuff that is toxic to, uh, to Christianity. And, and when I say toxic to Christianity, I'm referring to the fact that I was married for 20 years, and uh, I'm no longer married. And so being a minister... Um, it kind of puts me in a category of damaged goods. Ah, wow. Or at least you think it does. Yeah. You, at least you think it does, because I just got to stop you right there, because, you know, that's not what God says. God doesn't say that if you're divorced, you're damaged goods. Uh, so, you know, that's, but that's interesting. But you hit on it earlier when you talked about just the shame, because you're right. If we, when when you're a Christian, and for the Christians listening, uh, you feel like that's not going to happen to you. Like, well, if I do my best, and if I'm a good husband, or if I'm a good wife, and if I make good choices, and I obey the Ten Commandments, you know, and these kinds of things, then uh, I, I would never have to face divorce. That would never happen to me. But, you know, that is, that is not always the case. And so I just have to ask you before we move on, because I think you make a really good point here that that somehow what I'm hearing is that there was a little bit of discomfort as you go back to church and you're feeling some shame about being divorced. Is that right? Well, yes. And, and because I have been a minister for, for decades. Okay. You've been uh, in the to ministry be, to, to be, to be with other ministers or to, uh, be around ministers that, uh, know me from the past. I just, I just carry this, sense of shame and, and I and I think that it also kind of feels like reverse pride because it feels like well how could I have ever gone through that I've been I've like you mentioned about I did everything right you know from my perspective yeah, me yeah. I followed the Lord I I was a you know I I, I kept myself morally uh pure why before I got married and and afterwards and uh and yet, I've got this situation. But well, you know, here, here's I, the thing. Here's the thing. When someone gets a divorce, either you're the lever or you've been left. Okay. So, in your yes. situation, were you the lever or were you left? I, I you know, I, I, I got left. I you, got left. Okay, you got yeah, left because. So here's yeah, the thing. So you're feeling like failure. You know, you're feeling rejection. You're like you said. You're feeling shame. Like I wasn't good enough, and I'm not good enough, right? Yes. Okay. So all yes, of these I, feelings I, I, are I would very. Say it wouldn't be Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com. That's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. 
In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Injection that I feel as much as shame. Okay. Shame that uh, my story didn't turn out uh, clean. Ah. And then my story has shame on it. Uh, and, and and I have been battling with it for, oh, about, about a year, although I continue to try to move on and, and, and get out of that. But I find myself dealing with, with self self abuse like where you just you know what an idiot I am or mm, why yeah. would God yeah, you know and, and and it's funny Trina how it, it somehow translate into a little bit of anger towards Mr. Perfect God <laughs> uh. in the sense that you feel like well God why did why did um, why did this story happen this way and so to deal, to, 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 to move on from that inner voice of condemnation and, 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 and you know, accusation, I, I find myself, that's my biggest battle, is, is, is doing that. And, of course, I, I know on some levels that I'm fully accepted in the beloved in Christ, but I guess I don't feel quote endorsed. You know, for future I, service. You know, here's the thing, and I want to I want to just zero in on a couple of things that you've said here, Scott, and that is the is an initial misconception that to serve God or to be in ministry, you have to be perfect or sinless or without fault or without weakness or without failure. And, and that is just, you know, that's just not simply not the case. The beauty, the best news of the gospel, the best news about being a Christian is that the testimony isn't that your marriage was restored or your marriage was saved. The testimony is that you're still here. You're still walking, you know, you're still trusting God in the midst of the storm. You're still, you're still, uh, trusting God, even though you feel mad at God. Uh, you know, but I, I'm kind of, kind of mad as you said, I'm sort of mad at God right now because this didn't turn out the way that I thought it would, but look at the testimony. You're still here. And I just got to tell you, Scott, it's not the end of the story. It is not the end of the story. And it is so beautiful. Romans eight twenty eight that, that God will take what Whatever situation, things that have happened to you, you were left, things that were happened to you, and when we give them to him, he will make all things good to those who are who love him and are called according to his purpose. So in order for you to say, okay, God, I love you, how how does that work when I'm sort of mad? So let's talk about anger here for just a middle a little bit because I don't want you to feel shame about being honest with God. I remember when I was I was frustrated and I was talking to God and I was like, God, why can't my husband get a job? We have been praying for him to get a job for months. And at this point, 
we are so desperate. We're about to lose our house. We are, uh, we, our car had, our truck had just been repossessed. I mean, we were so desperate. And here I had prayed and prayed and prayed. And we had, we always tithed. There was never time we didn't tithe. And I was like, Lord, your word says that you are the provider. Why are, why is this happening to us? Like I thought we were doing everything right. Why is this happening to us? And I just said, okay, God, here's the thing. You already know what I'm thinking. So I'm just going to be honest with you. <laughs> and I said, wow. here's the deal. Wow. I know that scripture that says without faith, it is impossible to please God. And I'm like, I guess that's a real problem because I don't like living by faith. I don't like living by faith anymore. I don't want to believe in things that I can't see. I want to see something. <laughs> and so yeah. the Lord was very sweet to me, though, because as I was on this prayer walk, as I as I rounded a corner, he gave me this vision. Now, when I'm talking about God, I am talking about the Holy Spirit. This is the invisible God that was on the walk with me that day. This is the Holy Spirit that we were talking about yesterday at Pentecost Sunday. The same Holy Spirit that is the same yesterday, today, and forever that um, that came to the disciples at the upper room that day. So the Holy Spirit gave me a vision. And in this vision... It was me laying in a hammock, and there was a beach in the background. There was this ocean and these waves, and I saw myself laying in this hammock, and I tell you, it was loud, a loud voice as if it was audible, but again, it's in my spirit, so it's in your inner ear, and I heard the voice of God say, Trina, I'm sorry powerful. I, I thought I thought he was going to yell at me because I just told him that I didn't like living by faith. And he just said, I'm sorry that you feel that way because you're missing the beauty of a life of faith that's supposed to be like laying in a hammock where you are strung between um, the father and the son, the father, the son on the right, and the hammock is hanging between the father and the son. They're holding both sides of this hammock, just like two palm trees will be holding up a hammock. They're holding up this hammock, wow. and I can feel the breeze of the Holy Spirit in the hammock with me. I'm not even laying in the hammock alone. I feel the breeze of the Holy Spirit. But he said, Trina, you've got to lay down and trust. Trust, because you're trying to stand up in the hammock because you have believed that the ground of this world is secure. And so since you believe that, since you have that false belief that the ground beneath you is secure, you're trying to stand up. And this hammock is going, woo, 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 <laughs> spinning out of control. And I'm mm. like, ah, I can't even keep my balance here, God. I hate living by faith. And he just said, Trina, you know, a life of faith is supposed to be you just resting and trusting, resting and trusting. And so, so I laid down and I just quieted my spirit to accept the circumstances that I was in. And, you know, as I felt the presence of God with me, everything changed. Because, see, I, I was like you. I did feel shame because we had had some success in our business. Why were we facing bankruptcy? I mean, it didn't make any sense to me. Were we just stupid? And then I thought, God, I think I'm afraid to be stupid. I think I'm afraid to admit that I'm stupid. You know, but listen, the scripture says that if we are go going to boast about anything, then we should boast about our weakness. And here's the thing, Scott, is that sometimes 
we 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 want to in our flesh take credit for our successes. Okay? Like like mm-hmm. I've been married for almost 38 years. Well, I was asked a few days ago, what is my greatest accomplishment in life? Well, I'd probably have to say my marriage, but I can't say my marriage because it's not an accomplishment because I almost got divorced and I didn't have any power to hold my marriage together. I found that out real quick when my husband left me. And it's like, mm. I, so, so I, I can't take the credit for being married 38 years. But if I can't take the credit, here's the thing. I can't take the blame either if I'm divorced. Wow. wow. So if you take the if you if you take the credit, you gotta take the blame. But if you if you know that you can't take the credit because it's the grace of God, really, that we can accomplish anything. I mean Anything is by the grace of God. It is by the grace of God that I am breathing right now. I mean, honestly, if we understand the grace of God, his sovereignty, his faithfulness, his love for us, well, then we don't take the credit for anything. I, you know, I don't have anything that I accomplished based out of my own talents or skills or ability or my own self-control, my own perseverance or my own education or whatever. Are you kidding me? It's all by the grace of God. But too often we take the credit when we're in a really good place. Like, oh, I'm in a really good place because, you know, I didn't smoke or drink. I made good choices, so that's mm. why I'm in a good place. Well, there's a lot of people who made good choices and didn't smoke or drink, but they still have lung cancer, so why is that? Like, explain that. But here's the point. We, we're quick to want to take credit when we are succeeding, and, and, but yet we're quick to also want to take credit when we're failing. Listen, your failure mm. of your marriage is not your fault. But here's the wow. thing, the success of your marriage, you don't get credit for either. Do you see how that wow. works? Yeah, I, I see how that goes. And I know because of being a teacher and a preacher, I, of course, have taught on these things myself. What's interesting to me, Trina, is that I walk in great authority when I'm on the stage but I don't walk with the same authority in my own personal life all the time. And, and, and I think that that would be probably everyone's condition to some degree. I, but there, they, it's almost like the devil has so much material to beat us up with. I mean, if, if, in every way. Well, and let, me, let me tell you what I think and, is going to happen. But I hear, I, I'll yeah, tell you what I think I is going to happen saying. in your ministry. Since since you have not returned to ministry, I'm assuming that you have not returned to ministry after the divorce. Am I right in that? Well, it, 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 oh, let, let me say it this way. Officially, I haven't, and yet I continue to minister to Okay, so, so you're still time. in this but process. Yes, you're yes. still in this process. Okay, before I make this comment, let me just say, I just have about 30 seconds left. Would you please stay on the line with me so we can take it over to the next hour? Because I really want to keep unpacking this. You said so much. And we all have these same feelings. Are you going to be able to stay on the line with me after this break? 
Yeah, I can do that. Okay, I can do that. awesome. So let me just say this. I would like to. I, I would love that. I'm, I just want to say this. Now, the ministry that you are going to be having after you get through this, you are going to have a thousand times more authority than you ever had before. Because, dude, you are walking the walk now. So you're going to have a new authority with a new vulnerability. This thing, this is not going to be wasted. Stay with me after the break. I will be right back. This is Trina on The Her Show. From Burleson to Venus and Grandview to Godley, this is the voice of Johnson County, Joko Community Radio. Breaking news this hour from townhall.com. I'm John Scott. Democrats are warning that if the Supreme Court deals a blow against Roe versus Wade, they'll follow through on their threat to pack the court. Correspondent Bob Agnew reports. Since the high court tipped a majority conservative under former President Trump, Democrats have been speaking openly about adding enough new justices to nullify the conservative edge. Talk of court packing has exploded amid fears the high court may uphold a Mississippi abortion law in a ruling Democrats fear could upend Roe versus Wade. It's far from a done deal. Democrats have yet to muster the full support from their own members that would be needed to pass a law expanding the court. Bob Agnew reporting. Also at townhall.com, the United States is outraged over the forced diversion of a commercial airliner by Belarus. White House correspondent Greg Cluxton with details. The crew of a Ryanair flight was told there was a bomb threat against the plane. After the plane landed in the Belarus capital of Minsk, an opposition journalist on the flight was arrested. White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki says the U.S. joins the international community in outrage. It constitutes a brazen affront to international peace and security by the regime. We demand an immediate international transparent and credible investigation of this incident. European Union leaders also condemned the actions by Belarus. Greg Clugston, Washington. Police have arrested a man wanted in four killings across two states after a seven-day search in South Carolina. The Chester County Sheriff's Office says 26-year-old Tyler Terry has been taken into custody. Terry wanted for two killings in South Carolina and two more robberies near St. Louis this month. He had been on the loose since running from a car crash after firing on deputies on May 17th. Stocks broadly higher in afternoon trading on Wall Street. The Dow up 239 points and the Nasdaq 232 points higher. More at townhall.com. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams... Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. ...will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. Hey, there's something you forgot to do. Hmm, it sure is hot. Are you sweating like a dog? 
Wait, what? Dogs don't sweat. Oh no, you forgot to get your window tinted. Whether it's the kitchen window that sits in the sun for the hottest part of the day, or you just got new wheels, call Sharp Window Tinting in Burleson. 817-615-9379 or look them up on the web, sharpwindowtint.com. Here's important new information from the Diabetes Solution Center for you, a family member, or a loved one suffering with diabetes. If you have lost your provider or if you need a provider for diabetic supplies, you may qualify to receive your diabetic testing supplies now with little or no out-of-pocket cost, regardless of your age. All you need is Medicare or private insurance to be potentially eligible. Call the Diabetes Solution Center right now for details. Just takes a couple of minutes. Our friendly, knowledgeable agents will give you free, no-obligation information, handle all the insurance paperwork, and make sure your supplies are delivered directly to your door for free. Call U.S. Medical Supply 24 hours a day. 800-597-9323. Call right now. 800-597-9323. Fast Track Student Loans can get your student loans out of default, stop any wage garnishments, stop collection calls, and stop seizure of your tax refund. Give yourself a break. Stop the stress and get your student loan payments down to as little as $25 a month based on what you can afford to pay. 800-709-4395. You're listening to Joko Community Radio. Welcome back to The Her Show. That's Home Experience Radio with your host, Trina Tadis Lozano, pastoral counselor and ordained Christian minister. She's here to give you advice and answer your questions about life, love, and other mysteries. Call our studio line now at 817-637-2585. Now, here's Trina. Welcome back to the second half of the show here on Joko Community Radio. We are the voice of Johnson County, Texas, and live 365 on the TuneIn Radio Network. To listen, simply go to TuneInJoko.com, where you can download the free app or listen live right there. We are also streaming simultaneously on Spreaker.com with select shows like this one, streaming to Facebook. So all of our shows can also be found on any one of your favorite podcast platforms, such as Spotify and iTunes. So check out our lineup on Joko Community Radio. Radio.com. Thanks for tuning in. This episode and more brought to you by Next Level Claims, making your insurance work for you. Next Level Claims. And I would love to talk with you today. And I do have someone on the line. Scott, thank you for holding and for sticking with me through the break. It's good to have you back on the line with me. Are you here? I am here. I am here. Okay, perfect. Well, let's continue the conversation. So right before the break, what I was saying is, you know, you, I'll just recap, you were saying you're recently divorced, you had previously been in ministry, and now this divorce has really shaken you up to where you've really lost your confidence in to minister because of the divorce and you've been feeling some shame. And then, um, 
And and so, but I just want to tell you, I there's going to be a new sort of vulnerability that you bring to the pulpit, that you bring to the stage, that you bring to the audience. And where you spoke with authority before, you will speak with so much more authority once you get through this. I mean, you're still raw right now uh, as you're being vulnerable. Obviously, you're still raw. But once you get through this, you will be so much more powerful, so much more anointed because there is, talk about humility, there is no pride when you come from such a weak place. You are just a vessel, and nobody can take any credit for being a vessel. I mean, you're just a vessel. So you are just a vessel for the Holy Spirit to work through, but once you once you understand that, you will never take any credit for anything you ever do but you know what? You don't take the blame either. So <laughs> I think that's really important yeah. as you move forward. But uh, I, I think it's, I think it's important for you to, to think about the expect, the expectations that you had had of just God, like an expectation that if I do everything right, nothing's going to go bad for me. And it's like, oh gosh, that doesn't work, you know. Um, and I, think, yeah, I think we can just get mad at God, saying, "Okay, I did everything right." And if if we're not careful, that's almost like a gospel of works instead of a gospel of grace, isn't it? Yeah, you know. And right when you said that, I thought of Mister Perfect, who died on the cross. Obviously, things didn't go well from him. For him, from the from the natural perspective. So Jesus, who never did one single thing wrong, had enemies. He had people that tried to trick him. He had people that abandoned him. And again, I you know, I guess as a speaker, true preacher, Trina, I can't help but chime in with you and go, oh boy, if this isn't true, that, that this idea that if you make all the right decisions, that life is going to be problemless. That life will, will be without problems. It's just not true. If, if, if I could go a little further, I would say, for me, and, and tell me if this is a form of pride, but my goal in terms of restoration as I move forward in, in personally and professionally is that I would be able to look my previous wife and people in the face without without looking away and say I have submitted myself to being restored. Uh, you know, uh, now that may be another topic, but, but that has been my goal. Well, I think that's a great goal. I think that's a great goal. And when I define the difference between goals and desires, a goal is something that you have the power to make it happen. Nobody needs to cooperate or or or, or participate, wow. excuse me, for that oh, to happen. Wow. So because for that to be your goal, that you don't look away in shame when you're facing your ex-wife. Yeah. yeah. That you don't yeah. look away, like you don't cower, you know, like a, like you don't tuck your tail and cower uh, in with other ministers or with your ex. It's like, no, you're confident 
And so even if you don't feel confident, you know, because you've preached on the power of God, you've preached on the power of redemption, you know, so like you say, there's this disconnect between what you know and what you speak in the pulpit versus the way that you're feeling right now. But you can make it your goal to behave in a way operating through your identity, which is I am strong and courageous, so I'm not going to look away in shame because it's not who I am. Now, it's the way I feel right now, but it's not who I am. And the more you understand who you are and you see, it is the it is the enemy it is the enemy, is the voice of the enemy that tells you you're not good enough. You should look away in shame. You're just a screw up. You're pathetic. You're, re- you know, you're, you blew it, man. You have nothing to be proud of. You know, this is the enemy. That is not the voice of the Holy Spirit. Now, you are in ministry. Why don't you tell me what the voice of the Holy Spirit would, would be saying to you versus what I just said, which is what you've been hearing? What would the voice of the Holy Spirit well, we- say to you? When you bring it out like that, when you actually say the words, it sounds so, so, so stupid. Uh, the, it's so obvious that it's satanic the, when it's accusatory like that. Because I know that God would never talk like that to me. You know, I, I, I just, I, I, I know he wouldn't, at least in my ear, but in my psyche, it, it sometimes you think God... Maybe that's talking. Well, I, I you know it's not true. You know what? You it's, know it. It's you talking to yourself, and so I, I know it sounds like the enemy. But but the truth is, is instead of you recognizing that it's a voice of the enemy, you recognize that that it's your own voice. You're telling yourself, "I'm stupid. I'm not good enough." You know, it's so you're talking to yourself. But here's what God says is that you are enough through Christ. You are enough because he is enough. And so never again, Scott, will you ever take credit for your successes. But you don't you you're not allowed to take credit for this failure either. Okay? You, you just wow. you that's, can't. That's, that's so so good. That's that's so important. So you can't. And and you know, here's the thing also about your relationship with the Lord is it's it's one of such personal honesty. And I think if you if you can if it resonates with you that you did take credit for success or if you were celebrating your anniversary this year that you would take credit for your marriage or your family, then that's something to go before the Lord and to repent of and to just say, Lord, I repent. I was taking credit when it was only your grace. And that's pride and that's wrong. And so that's something that you that you'll have to talk to God about. And then also just beware because during this time that you are so so fragile. It's so easy to be jealous and envious when we are in this broken place and nothing is working out the way that we thought it would. It's not working out that we prayed the way we prayed it would. And so, you know, you're in this place of going, come on, God, what is going on here? Right? Um, yeah. You're vulnerable to you're vulnerable to sin. And so you know what it is. You you've been in the ministry, you know what the Bible says. And so don't let that sin stay there. Like it'll be a feeling or a thought of envy or jealousy when you see other people celebrating their anniversaries or you see other ministries growing whenever yours has died. But here's the thing is 
you you want to build the new season of your life on a solid foundation of repentance. So just take that before the Lord and repent. And and as you as you can be honest before God, like I was honest with God that day, saying, "Okay, I hate." living a life of faith, <laughs> um, that you're saying, okay, God, I, I don't like this. I don't like the hand I'm dealt right now. You know, I don't like this hand I'm dealt right now. Things are not going my way and I'm yeah. hurt. I'm angry. It's not fair. And I'm afraid and I'm frustrated. And so these are, these are sources of anger. These are sources of anger, hurt, injustice, fear, and frustration. So now, hurt your heart has been wounded okay and it's been wounded by your ex and to be honest it's been wounded by your perception of what god maybe would ever you think should have an expectation that you had of god and so your heart yeah. is wounded and uh, so take that because god God wants to heal your broken heart. Jesus came to heal your broken heart, to bind up your wounds. So just cry out to the Lord and just say, God, heal my broken heart. Because anytime we have anger, there's unhealed wounds, unhealed hurt, you know. you And, and so, so as we ask the Lord specifically, heal my broken heart. And I say this prayer a lot, but I especially say it whenever I'm feeling a rise of anger or bitterness or jealousy come in. I'm like, okay. I'm hurt. And as we know, hurting people hurt people. But healed people heal people. And you're going to be back in the ministry again. And you're going to be in the in the ministry of healing people. So you've got to do that from a place of healing. So just remember, this is so simple. This is by the grace of God. This is by the power of the Holy Spirit. And this is just through doing what I call carpet time. Planting your, do the face on the carpet and on the rug and just crying out to the Lord and saying, Holy Spirit, cleanse me. And if you, we were taught, I was talking about Pentecost Sunday um, yesterday, and this is when I say, Holy Spirit, come, fear go, mercy culture here in town, they have a, they have a sign on the front of their building, fear go, Holy Spirit, come. And, you know, fear go, Holy Spirit, come, you know, the fear of being hurt again. The fear that my future is threatened because everybody is given a God-given inner need for security. So when you begin to worry and feel like your future is threatened, it causes anger. And because of a change of circumstance, uh, we can be responding in fear. And so that fearful heart reveals a lack of trust in God's perfect plan for your life. And God has not given you a spirit of fear, but he's given you a spirit of, he's given you, the Holy Spirit wants to work through you power and love and, and a peaceful mind, a sound mind. And so, so whenever these feelings are so real and they're so raw, take these specifically to the Holy Spirit and say, Holy Spirit, come, fear go. Holy Spirit, come, hurt, heal. Holy Spirit, come, bring justice, because that's another cause of our anger is, is our rights have been violated. And we, we do really feel like, like we have an inner moral code with a sense of right and wrong and fair and unfair. And, and when we feel like there's just been an injustice and our rights have been violated, it makes us angry. And we get mad. We get mad at God. We get mad at the people who've hurt us. And we, those are emotions that are real, but we can't stay there. Or that's when, that's when we get in this deep pit of self-pity and, and just we stay in this place of hurt and anger. And then there's the frustration being like, okay, I'm trying my hardest. 
and my efforts are unsuccessful. And we just get in this place of frustration with God, with ourselves, and everything. And it's because everyone has a God-given need for significance. And, um, and then you just feel frustrated when, when the unmet expectations of yourself and others um, have, have just smacked you in the face. And it's just like, ah, what do I do with all of this hurt, injustice, fear, and frustration? And then it's this anger that comes out, anger at the situation, anger at God, anger, just anger. And, um, and this has got to be talked through, worked through, but I'm telling you, we could do therapy for two hours a week for the next year, and I could not accomplish what the Holy Spirit could accomplish in you through some good old-fashioned carpet time. <laughs> and, you know, it doesn't yeah. have to be at the altar at the church, yeah. and it can be, but the altar at the church is just once a week, and you're going to need this kind of stuff every single day until you get through this. And, you know, we, we, have a, we can tend to have this wrong belief about anger, and here's what the wrong belief is. And I think this is a powerful definition by June Hunt. And her, she says the wrong belief about anger. Based on what I believe is fair, I have a right to be angry about my disappointments. And I have a right to stay angry for as long as I feel like it. I have a right to express my anger in whatever way is natural for me. So I'm mad at God. I'm mad at my ex. I'm mad at the people who have hurt me. And I have a right to be mad about my disappointments. And I have a right to stay angry for as long as I feel like it. And express it in whatever way is natural for me. Because it's just where I'm at right now. Let me tell you something. That is a wrong belief. Now here's the right belief. Here's the right belief. You may even take notes. And I encourage you to, do, to take notes here. Because we've got to fix what we believe and, and eventually, what we believe will, we will become, so our behavior will come out of this belief. But here's the belief. Because the Lord is sovereign over me, and because I trust him with my life, I have yielded my rights to him. So my human disappointments are now God's appointments to increase my faith and develop his character in me. So I choose to not be controlled by anger, but I will use this feeling of anger to motivate me to do whatever God wants me to do. There's the right belief about anger. So take this situation, Scott, and let God use this as fuel to motivate you into a new season. And I encourage you to, to pray in tongues. Now, I was talking about the Pentecost Sunday, and uh, the gift of tongues is for, the, it is for the encouragement of our soul because you've got to get out of your head. I guarantee you, you are overthinking. You are overthinking. Oh, yes, yes. Yeah. So yes, you're, you're, I would. That 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 would be my go-to. That would be overanalyzing. Over over the paral. Yeah, uh, uh, overanalyzing everything. And I do pray in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of tongues, and and it builds me up. I've been doing it since I was a young young man. I and I need to do it. I could do it even more. There's no doubt about it. I, I could do it even more. The, you know what? So, the more uh, you do it, do the better it will be. But have 
Put your expectation here. Put your expectation in the power of the Holy Spirit to renew your mind, to heal your broken heart, and write down these four sources of anger, hurt, injustice, fear, and frustration. Hurt, injustice, fear, and frustration. And look at your anger as a roadmap so that the Lord can really show you, the Holy Spirit can really show you, here's where you were hurt. And you may find that there are wounds that, that uh, are from way deep back into your childhood, way before your marriage even started. But wherever the hurt is, ask God to heal. It's kind of like if I was a doctor and I would I would push on this part of, you know, your body and say, does it hurt there? <laughs> does it hurt when I do that? Does it hurt when I do this? <laughs> you know, does it hurt if I move your arm this way? Does it hurt if I push right here? And you would say, no, 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 yes. And be like, ah, yes, that hurts. And so as you look at, at um, your your hurts and you find where does it hurt? Where do I get triggered? Where is the trigger? What hurts? Then that will help you find the source so that you can really pray specifically, God heal this particular wound. And, and this is not just a once and done thing. I have to tell you, Scott, this is an ongoing process because we live in a fallen world. So, so we, we have potential to get hurt all the time. But in in regards to your marriage and your divorce, this is a real specific wound that that you're going to really um, address. You know, you need to 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 really take care of this specific wound uh, so that you can move forward because that was then. This is now, and you're in a new season now. Like like it or not, you are here, and so. Yeah. I know God's going to and, use you in a in a powerful way once you're healed. Yes, yes. Well, I think what I took out of your uh, words today that one of the most meaningful is don't take credit for the success or the failure because uh, it didn't. It's not about you. It's about the Lord in you. I, uh, you know, like and back when I spoke to young people, I. I would say all the things that, uh, like, for instance, she said, for without me, you can do nothing. And that's what you're referring to. You're referring to the fact that, hey, without him, we can do nothing. Now, of course, I can do all kinds of things without him. But the truth is, they'll just add up to nothing. <laughs> well, in, you know, in the I, sense I think that, the thing you know, is, they, they just won't materialize into anything of significance. Well, we think when we I can, you know, we think we can do all things without him. But then when we, when we really, cause we take for granted things like our talents, things like our breath, the breath in our lungs, you know, it's like, we think we can do it. We think we can breathe without God. But the truth is, if it wasn't him allowing us to breathe, we wouldn't have breath, you know? So it's kind of like. Could wow, like do we really like do I we really could we really take credit for anything? I mean, what we did in our own strength wouldn't amount to anything. But the truth is, would we even have strength if it wasn't for our Creator? Wow. I mean, I don't, wow. I don't think so. Okay, so here's what I want you to do. I want you to put on your preaching hat for a minute. Okay. Ooh. 
And don't be the don't be the broken, discouraged, divorced, ashamed, you know, person that that you think you are. But for the next five minutes here, put on your preaching hat and you preach to us, to me, the audience, and you're preaching to yourself exactly what you said. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. What does that mean to you? Well, okay, I can I can come alive uh, not as a wounded uh, a victim, but I can come alive as a uh, a winning warrior, if you want to put it that way. One of the things that, first of all, I would say is that I've always, well, most recently taught that what happens to you is never your responsibility, but what you do with what happens to you will always be your responsibility. That's right. Which is that thing you said that, you know, we are responsible to, uh, how, how would I put that, that we have within us the power to do all things uh, through Christ. And that one of those all things is the ability to overcome uh, resentment, uh, unforgiveness, whatever it may be. You can't make me not forgive you. That's <laughs> you right. can't make me feel like a victim because of what you've done. You you can't make me not love you. You can't, because I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So that would that would be a. In other words, I am absolutely powerful in Christ. Right. And, and, and because in Christ I can do. All things. Now, of course, Paul was in the context of the struggles he was facing, and that, that's exactly what uh, where the all things work so well. It's when there's challenges, when you have to be abased, when you have to be abound, when, when you can do with nothing, yet do with a lot. That Paul was talking about that, and that's the context where I can do all things through Christ. But the truth is, is that I can do all things through Christ, and I can't do anything without Him. Exactly. That cannot be understood in the natural mind alone. You cannot. That's not a surface reality. It's a deep, deep uh, concept that needs that requires meditation and uh, submission to it, and and being truly hooked up with the Lord. So. So, you know, those are some of the things well, that Well, I'll tell you right now, what, uh, right now, right now, you are in that, a season. That you would say, that I would say. If you tell you that hard, it's hard for me to be uh, uh, on a radio program where I'm kind of like the victim and the victor uh, talking that way. But, but <laughs> think about easy. it. Think about it. You are. And, and we all are because we are a victim first and then we are victorious. We are overcome with our circumstances and then we're an overcomer. You know, and that's the thing. It is yes and both. We are both because we're in this life. We experience Jesus died and then he was resurrected, you know. And so we have to know that all of these situations is part of the story, but it's not the end of the story. And so, you know, there's the test first and then there's the testimony. And when you're you're going through it, you don't know how long you're going to be feeling this way. That's the tough part. You don't 
don't know how long it's going to be until you have your breakthrough. And uh, I was telling my son one day when I was just struggling, and it was after a couple of years of praying the same prayer over and over and over again, and I was beat up and worn out. And I just said, Brandon, I pray for me. I need a breakthrough and I need it now. I mean, I, I just am, I'm at the end of the road. I can't handle this anymore. I've got to have a breakthrough. Please pray that a breakthrough happens this week. I've got to have a breakthrough this week. And, uh, he said, mom, I think we need to pray for patience. I'm like, oh my God. I mean, and he said, really, mom, you need to pray for patience. And, you know, as he said that, I thought, you know, love is patient. And patience is a, is a fruit of the Holy Spirit. And I need more of the Holy Spirit. I need more love, more joy, more peace, more patience. Wow. You know, pray, trust, wait. (laughs) Oh, thank you for calling. I love this conversation. Stay with me if you have time. I'll be right back after the break. This is Trina on The Her Show. Hey, Jill. Congratulations on your son getting into the college of his dreams scholarship too yes we are so proud of him you know I have to be honest I'm a bit worried about our daughter getting into college it's so competitive out there and I feel overwhelmed with where to start I completely understand listen I felt the same way and then I met Dr. Gina of Education Prep Centers she put a plan in place that helped our son stand out in the admissions process and that gave us a peace of mind for how to create a financial roadmap for his future Wow, that's great. Sounds like I need to give her a call. Yes, she definitely helped our son find the perfect college, meet all his deadlines, and helped us feel less anxious about the whole process. You need to reach out to her. Just check out educationprepcenters.com and set up a complimentary assessment with Dr. Gina. You'll be so glad you did. Education Prep Centers. College admissions made easy. Out of date carpet giving you the blues? Tired of your old dingy and broken tile? Let my friends at the floor store in Cleburne, Texas give your home the makeover it deserves. This is old Taco Joe coming to you for the floor store. Whether it's carpet, tile, wood flooring, or real wood laminate, the floor store can cover all of your flooring needs. Located at 405 West Henderson Street in Cleburne, Texas, owner Brent Harris can help. Shower tile, tub surrounds, even backsplashes. Give them a call today at 817-641-9444. The floor store, they've got you covered. When you're hungry for tender brisket or some delicious homemade cobbler, then look no further than Leach Brothers Barbecue, located at 1106 East Henderson, Cleveland, Texas. Leach Brothers has been family-owned and operated since 1950. Take it from me, Taco Joe Orwinski. Todd and his family have been filling my belly breakfast, lunch, and dinner for a long time. Heck, I even had my own booth. Open Monday through Saturday, 6 a.m. to 7 p.m. Come see them for dine-in, carry-out, and all your catering needs. You're listening to Joko Community Radio. Welcome back to the Her Show. This is Trina, and I would love to talk with you some more. 817-637-2585. We are talking about life, love, and other mysteries today. 
and just the struggles and the victories and I think it's a good time and I've been on the phone with Scott and we are talking about his struggle, his recovery and uh, Scott, you still on the line? You still there? Okay. Oh, yeah, yes. I'm sorry. I somehow have a call, but... No, uh, no, no. And I'm now in my car driving because I need to get to a meeting. I, and I'm still up there. Let's listen to what you have to say. Well, let, uh, me, let me just finish up here. You know, I think that... Um, I think that you have some powerful... Let me get to this. Okay. Okay. Uh, now, that, that may help. That may help. Is, e- it, is it clearer? Yeah, it's more clear. Thank yeah. you. You know, okay, you have sure. a really great opportunity. You have a really great opportunity right now, a rare opportunity. These opportunities happen once or twice in a lifetime. It is a rare opportunity that you have now to practice what you've been preaching and to honestly be getting some new messages in your repertoire because you are living something new. You are experiencing something new. And one scripture that, that the Lord just reminded me of is, you know, you cannot pour new wine into these old wine skins. So as you just go to the Holy Spirit and ask him to make all things new, I, I just am praying and believing that God's going to give you new sermons and new illustrations and that you're going to be new because this is a new season. So don't look back, man. Don't look back. Like, look ahead. Look forward because, yeah. you know, none of this is a surprise to God. You did not know that your life would include a divorce in your story, but no, this no. is not a surprise to God. And, uh, you know, I, I, told, I told a child one time that uh, it's interesting because God is, he goes before us, he is with us, he he's, He sees all things, he's the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, and it's kind of like, well, how does that work when he's sovereign, but yet I'm going through life and taking things as they come, and I said, well, it's kind of like God sitting on the top of a high-rise building, and, and there's a parade going by, and he can see the beginning of the parade and the end of the parade, and all we see is what's in front of us. And what we're experiencing at the moment. But God just has a different perspective. So this is not a surprise to God. And this is is part of your story now. Like I say, it's not the kind of story you wanted to have. But it's here. It's part of your story. So I just encourage you, don't be mad about it. You know, and I know it's easier said than done, but but you don't want to blame God because God is going to work with this situation in your life. Like this is your, this is it, you know, and so he's going to work in and through this situation and he's going to make He's going to make something beautiful out of the ashes. So I I know that he's already telling you some things. So I'm just curious before I let you hang up, what have you learned already in this past year? What have you learned about yourself and what have you learned about God? Like what are some of the treasures that you can take from this year? Well, I I've learned that that the God that the calling of God is is unreversible. That I mean, because I I can't help 
but want to do what I've always done before this divorce took place. I, it blows my mind how shame and regret cannot and has not been able to erase the calling that continues to be on my heart. And my, my, my take on it is that people also see that because that's been my experience with those who love me and know me and some who know me by acquaintance. What I'm discovering is that people see past the, see past the divorce and they see the man or calling. And I have received, as far as I'm concerned, unbelievable acceptance and forget and, and love, love and acceptance from from people. I mean, I, I, I it's actually hard to believe. I have one friend who went through a divorce as a pastor. He said, "Well, when the world finds out that you're divorced." You're going to find out who your friends are and who your enemies are. My experience has been overwhelmingly positive with people. Wow. And so I'm, you have more I, friends I, I, than you thought you had. Overwhelmingly positive. And, and I think there's two reasons why. Number one, because they also deep down know that God's a God of restoration and God himself was divorced when he you know divorced Israel and then he remarried them <laughs> seems to be the case in the Old Testament God himself understands what it's like and I don't you know want to get into a theological argument yeah, or whether that, that's God a good divorced point. That's a good point. Israel but that's a good but, point but the, the fact is that is is the he, he turned on them because they turned on him. <laughs> the second reason is because I feel like they see my response to my situation. For instance, I've been walking through steps of restoration with my denomination. Those that have covering over me. And I told them straight out at the beginning, I want to be restored. But I want to do it with submission because that's the only way it'll happen. In other words, I want to come under your authority so that I can have authority again. Because I actually believe, Trina, that everything is a gate. Yes. Every, every, every opportunity is a gate. And you're not getting past the gate without someone on opening, uh, opening the door. And you don't get to open it because, because it's not your gate. It's their gate to open to you. And so I have a deep respect for the gate that are in front of me. And I want to minister behind the gate. But the gate needs to be open to me for me to minister there. Yeah, if I, I, I go I and think, try I, to crash down I think the gate, yeah, it's going to be different. Or negate the gate, it won't work. Yeah. So I just, I, I, I've accepted, I've received such mercy. 
Well, that's a good thing that you've learned. And I think as you keep moving forward, uh, you know, yes, maybe different gates will open than gates that opened before. But as you face each gate, uh, I think some may open automatically and it'll be surprise you. It's like, oh, I didn't know this was an automatic door. And here you're just standing yeah. in front of it and it just goes whoop and it opens. And then others you oh, get I up re- to it. You know I what I mean? That. Yeah. And so I think it's just going to look different because you're in a different season. The world is different. The world is changing so quickly. Things are changing. But one of the most beautiful things that you've learned is that you do have real true friends. You know, I was, I was thinking about the scripture of the adulterous woman that that was caught in the act of adultery and so she had such shame and she was there with Jesus at the town square and they were preparing to stone her and then Jesus says you who's without sin cast the first stone and and Everybody put their stones down and then walked away because nobody had a right to stone her. And, you know, Scott, nobody has a right to stone you for being divorced. I mean, there's no, nobody is without sin. And so I think at this point, you need to lift your head up and look at Jesus because Jesus has stood there protecting you just like he protected her. And then he says, where are your accusers? You know, because nobody is stoning you. And there's there's nobody accusing you except for you in your own head. And so that voice has got to stop and, and recognize as you are talking to yourself and accusing yourself and listening to the stupid things that the devil is lying in your own ears and just saying, okay, the devil's a liar and, and I'm not going to keep talking to myself this way, putting myself down. I'm not going to beat up myself and stone myself and beat my head against the brick wall whenever Jesus says that he doesn't want anyone stoning me and Jesus isn't stoning you. He's But he's, he's protecting wow. you and saying, hey, where are you? You know, I, I just heard something that I need to confess. Because I have such an adamant uh, approach to walking in righteousness, which I've done. I mean, it, 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 but that's the problem. You know, I was the virgin at 40. I was the, you know, I'm the guy that's never been drunk. I'm the, I'm the guy that's never done drugs. I'm the guy that that followed the rules. Like the Pharisees. And, <laughs> yeah, but I don't have a Pharisaical bone in my body that I know of because sinners love to hang around with me. And I really mean that. No, I, I believe it. People don't yeah. know Jesus really feel comfortable hanging out with me. Sure. So I know I'm not a Pharisee, but I do know this. I do know I default to, to how I will be restored by how nice I, I, by how nice I am, how obedient, let me put it this way, how obedient I am to the steps of restoration, and what you showed me right now is that, well, there you go again, thinking you're going to be restored because you're such a restorable kind of guy. Right. How about, how about, God just opened that gate without your help. Then he opened that gate without your being, you know, so restorably wonderful to look at. In other words, oh, look look at him. He lived such a life of righteousness. Then his wife left him, and look at him. 
he's still living a life of righteousness. Well, that's that's filthy rags too. Exactly. That's what you're saying. Well, I, what I'm saying is, and what I'm saying is, you know, it's not. I mean, when I say like a Pharisee, because because the Pharisees, they did, they had this attitude. Uh, and you're not you're not like a Pharisee in the sense of you know that Jesus hates the attitude that you have, but the, but they did have this attitude of, of I'm righteous because I'm doing all the right things, I'm making all the right choices, I'm obeying oh, all the laws. Wow, you know what I mean? I'm I'm making the right choices, wow. I'm obeying the laws, you know. And so so since you wow. you know you did like you were not the adulterous person getting stoned, but but here's the thing is is there's no, there's none of us, none of us that don't deserve to be stoned when we're standing next to Jesus. I oh, mean, wow. you know, we're, we, but, but here's the thing. Nobody is stoning you, Scott. Nobody's stoning you. No one is throwing stones. Everyone has put them down and walked away and said, look, we, we're, we can't stone you. You know, you're, you know, you're wow. divorced and you still want to preach. Well, where, you know, where are your accusers? And, and I think the accuser is just mostly inside your head because, oh. you know, because no one else is accusing you and you, you can't be good enough. You know, I, I don't, I mean, people will find fault and we are, we all deserve, the only person that didn't deserve to be stoned and didn't deserve to be crucified is Jesus. The rest of us deserve to be stoned, even, even when we're good, even at our best, even at our best, we deserve to be stoned, we deserve to be crucified, you know, but, but Jesus is the only one that, that could have thrown a stone. He would have had a right to, because he's the only one that was without sin, but none of us are without sin. But here's the thing. Nobody's accusing you anyway, because we're not without sin either. Wow. So lift up your head, man, and go and and just do what do. Just keep walking, and you're going to see some doors just automatically open just because Jesus loves you. And, you know, you're not walking alone. The Holy Spirit's walking with you. So my advice to you today is is look up, realize that there are no accusers accusing you. And if you hear that in voice in your head, you tell it to get out in Jesus' name and keep praying in the Spirit. Keep walking in the Spirit and, and never, ever let go of knowing who you are and whose you are in Christ. Because now that you realize your anger and you can revisit all of these feelings that you've had, um, just release your rights and rejoice in God's purpose, man, because God has a purpose and it is way beyond anything that you ever experienced in your past. So this is a new day and it's a new time and um, you just walk in that, okay? Well, thank you. Thank you for pushing back on, because, you know, we go into our default mode, and, and you push back on some thoughts there that help me understand deeper that, you know, I'm not worthy of restoration, and I'm not worthy of destruction. Like, in other words, it, it, I don't have to take the, take the, the success or the failure. I, I trust the Lord with that. Uh, right. Like you said. And you know what? 
and and you'll preach about it. You'll preach about it because you're yes. learning it now, and you'll have more authority than you've ever had because you're you're going through it. You know, I mean, you can't preach about yes. the fire if you've never been burned. <laughs> <laughs> I received that. I I I. I well, thank you. Thank you, Trina. Well, thank, thank you, you so much show. for calling in. God bless you today. Hugs and high fives. You've got, you have a great day. Bye-bye. Well, if you'd like to call in, feel free to call in today. Call in to the Her Show. I'd be happy to take your call, 817-637-2585. I'm talking today about life, love, and other mysteries. Y'all, we never know what we're going to have to face. We never ever know. And in this life, I mean, things are a mystery, right? We don't know. And we can get stuck in this place of saying, why God, why? When God, when? Why God, why? When God, when? And listen, there are mysteries that you won't ever know the answer to. But I tell you one thing that you need to know that you know that you know, that you know, is that God knows you. And when I say God knows you, I'm talking about the whole Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, the whole Trinity, the Father, God the Father, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. God knows you. And, and Jesus died to save you from your sins. He died to heal the brokenhearted, to set the captives free, to free you from your addictions, to free you from your negative thinking, to heal your broken heart. I mean, this is why he laid down his life. And by his stripes, you are healed. You might even need a physical healing today. And he wants to do that for you. And all that is done through the power of the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit is is what came on Pentecost Sunday and um, was talking a little bit about speaking in tongues. And some people don't understand that, don't understand what that means. I mean, you know what your tongue is. You can stick out your tongue (laughs) and you know what that means, Um, that your tongue has taste buds on it and your tongue is a very powerful member of your body. And the scripture says that the power of life and death is in your tongue. And so, and so the word of God says, choose life that you might live. Choose life, speak life. And if you control your tongue, if you can control your tongue, that, that's, a, that's a very powerful thing. And if you can't control your tongue, that's also a very, very powerful thing. So we want to submit our tongue to the power of the Holy Spirit. And in order to get out of our head, we need to just go to our spirit. Your spirit is your mind, your will, and your emotions. It is deep in your soul. And so there is this place in you, deep in the depths of your soul, that you want to invite the Holy Spirit to inhabit. And when you do that, as you are praying, you can pray with your spirit, not just with your mind. You can pray with your spirit, not just with your mind, and surrender your tongue to the Lord and it's just a powerful thing. Who knows what language will come out? 
when you just get out of your head and you just let your tongue and your voice say whatever your spirit wants to say. And the Bible says that this is, this is how you encourage others. This is how you um, encourage yourself to just release your tongue and sing, sing in a heavenly language, sing, sing songs um, from your spirit to worship God. God is so good. And what the disciples experienced in Acts chapter 2, it changed history. This is where this was the birth of the church. This was the beginning of, of everything that we experience about God now. This was when the Holy Spirit came. And then I just want to say something else. Now, the Holy Spirit is, is uh, with us on the earth right now, dwelling in us, among us, and, uh, and we are experiencing the power of God through the presence of the Holy Spirit. And, uh, but we are awaiting for the return of Jesus. Okay, the scripture says that Jesus is coming again. The Bible calls this the second coming. You may have heard of the rapture. And that Jesus is coming again. When Jesus is coming again, like a groom coming for his bride, okay, when he is coming again, you know what? He's making a way for the Father for there to be a new heaven and a new earth, and then the Father will come to earth, and then the whole Trinity is going to be with us for all of eternity. So to all of the believers, to those who say yes to the gospel, to those who say yes to the word of God, to those who say yes to Jesus as your personal Savior, to those who believe in the power of God and you want this to be in your life, you will be saved. And this is something that you will experience for all of eternity. And it's going to be so cool. Now, this is all recorded in the scripture in the last book of the Bible. Revelation talks a lot about that new heaven and the new earth that we're going to that we're going to be able to live for all of eternity. There will be no more weeping, no more tears, no more crying, no more sickness for all of eternity. It will be perfect just like God created it in Eden before sin entered the world. So we are in the world right now in a world that sin entered. So it is full of sickness and disease and heartache and all kinds of stuff that we have to deal with. Um, and, and that stuff is, is um, just life. It's just life, but it's not going to be part of eternal life. It's uh, going to be perfect when God restores everything. And then that's when the Father's going to be here on the earth with us. He's getting his turn. And so we get to um, experience the entire Trinity inhabiting the earth with us for all of eternity. And that is the beautiful thing. If you don't know Jesus as your personal Savior, and if you don't understand the power of the Holy Spirit, or you don't even understand what Pentecost means, reach out to me, send me a message and email me. I would love to get together with you. I would love to talk to you more about Jesus and just talk to you more about the Trinity and the Holy Spirit. God is awesome. And sometimes there are people who are Christians, but you don't understand the power of God. And in Acts chapter two, the disciples said that they experienced 
power as the Holy Spirit came upon them. And then they began speaking in, in other languages. And if you feel like your life is just powerless, it's missing the power, like you're not getting the full benefit of being a Christian. Like you got to plug in, you got to plug in to the, to the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, I see my charge cord sitting right here. And if it's not unplugged, I mean, if it remains unplugged, if it's not plugged in, there's no power coming from it. It's got to be plugged into the source. And that's what it is like whenever you receive the power of the Holy Spirit. You are plugged into the source, and then the power comes through you. And that's um, something that we all have to experience. So yeah, I just I just encourage you, either reach out to me, but you don't have to. You can just say, hey, God, I, I want to know more. I want to know more about the Holy Spirit, and I want to know about speaking in tongues, and I want to know what it means when I say, Holy Spirit, come and fear go. Don't we want to live with a life without fear? Ah, yes, we do. With the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. Oh, this is the power of the Holy Spirit. This is a beautiful thing. Don't stay in that place of anger. Don't stay a person that is unhealed. But ask the Holy Spirit to heal your broken heart. Acknowledge your anger. You know, figure out what the source is. Uh, Think about what you're thinking about. You know, if you got some stinking thinking, you need to start telling yourself some different things. Ask God what God thinks about you. Somebody told me that they didn't believe in God. And I said, well, you know what? God believes in you. And that's even a more powerful truth to hold on to. You might not believe in God, but God believes in you, whether you believe in him or not. He believes in you. And so at some point, we all need to admit our need for God. We need to admit our, thing, our need for the Holy Spirit. We need to praise Jesus for what he did. Oh, my goodness. Jeremiah 31, 3 says, I have loved you with an everlasting love. I've drawn you with loving kindness. God is so good. And he's with us. So he wants to be with us. He wants to be the divine power working through us. His divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. That's 2 Peter 1. Three. Well, thank you for joining me today on the Her Show, and thank you for calling. I appreciate the callers. I am here with you every Monday afternoon on Joko Community Radio from 2 to 4 Texas time. God bless you today. Continue to seek God and love Him with all of your heart. I'll be back next week. Hugs and high fives. From Burleson to Venus and Grandview to Godly, this is the voice of Johnson County, Joko Community Radio.